Welcome back in another Garage Talk podcast. This is different. We have a foursome. First time for that. Let me get my stone cracked open here and get a refreshment real quick. We have, uh, hold on, gentlemen. Do your thing. All right, we have three guests. I'm trying to get the, the J, the Jason, the JJ, the other Jason. We'll just call, we'll call Garen J, just to make things really confusing. You know, Garen Beck's here. Grants Pass Active Club, along with JJ DeForest and Jason Wilkins. Did I get that right, gentlemen? Yeah, okay. that's good. Well, thanks for coming over. I reached out to Garen uh, a few days ago. And uh, Garen, are you breaking things already? Yeah, I got it all screwed you're, up. You're the one that wanted the microphone stand. I know, now you're I know. Fiddling I, with I dicked it. it up already. All right. Well, anyway, I wanted to talk to you guys because uh, obviously it was a different year here with Boatnik not happening. And I wanted to kind of get your guys' pulse on on what this year was like and and we can we can either start with that or we can get to that a little later on it's up to you guys what are you guys feeling you want to start there let's do it let's start with the boat neck so as you guys got close to it how did that work for you guys like what what were the things you guys had to take into consideration before you had to finally pull the plug on uh the actual carnival and parade and all those boat races and things that go along with it well i think we held on as long as we possibly could as a club before we you know actually pulled the, the trigger have not been able to do it and it was uh it was emotional i would say that say i mean it was just like everybody was wanting to do it wanting to do it and we were willing to go but then the world crashed around us and you know all the uh i don't know jj what the uh the resources went away before you know that's that's what was our final decision it's like no no sheriffs, no no first responders, nothing available for us to be able to actively do what we needed to do. Yeah, River River was basically shut down because the sheriff, who's very supportive of us, Ernie's been great, and uh, always makes sure that we're safe and have plenty of support. Allison was told that every single um, water sheriff wasn't going to be available that weekend. And then all of a sudden you're losing your support inside the park. And uh, we kept on talking about we could modify it, we could do it differently, we could still run the race. And as we're getting into the very beginning of April and mid-April, we're realizing whatever we do isn't going to look good in the community, you know, and it's not, we, we could say it's going to be safe, but how do you guarantee it being safe for people and, and try to abide by what the governor's saying, by what the country's saying? So it was, we went back and forth. It was a very heated discussion every yeah. week on Thursday night, us trying to be strong for our community and to keep the idea of, that we're here for kids and if we cancel we are not going to be able to support the kids like we had for 50 years well and i think that's one of the main things i was thinking about the other day when you think about the long-term effects of what we've been dealing with and it's one thing to say oh there's not gonna be a carnival or there's not gonna be a boat race or there's not gonna be a parade and that's weird i mean i drove downtown the saturday of what would have been Boatneck, and it was the strangest thing i mean i've been in this town for almost 20 years and and to go down through town just seeing it just empty just dead the day that would normally yeah. be busy but that's when it really hit me of you know garen and i just talked about what a month ago now uh well i guess almost two months ago now pretty close um about you know what you guys do for the kids and and that's what all this energy and all this effort's for you know obviously it's fun to have and everyone gets to have a good time but those kids that you guys help out throughout the year you know one one thing of not having boat nick absolutely just sucked it was um last week it was last weekend wasn't it and um i was pretty pretty bummed out i know i i texted to jason and it's like man i i was depressed i was it was like i was married and i just got a divorce and i had nothing to do 
I was sitting there and you just don't know what to do. Unfortunately, I had these guys and, you know, we were able to do do some things on, on that Saturday. We went and supported some of our local um, vendors. We went and had lunch and then we went downtown to Sandy's Candies, went to Joe's and had lunch with the with a couple guys, social distancing, of course. And um, then we went downtown, and then after that, it was just kind of like, huh, what now? Mm-hmm. And then Sunday was kind of like, huh, what now? Then we were able to do our Monday ceremony, and um, it felt a little bit like Boatnik for, what, half hour, an yeah, hour? Yeah, that, but it was still pretty amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was, I'm, I'm glad we'd done it, but after... I'm going on, that was like 17 or 18 years for me. JJ is what? It was like 20. 20. 20 years, and Jason was 10. And it was just, didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But we have a great group of guys that we were able to, um, you know, hold each other up. And it, it, it really sucked. I wanted to ask Jason. He actually he had a really cool perspective because uh, we were in the boat, but he was actually right above our flag that we have on the bridge and could see um, the crowd. And how full was it? I mean, I, I kind of was taken up in the moment of the wreath and the planes, but what did it look like in the park and stuff like that? I couldn't see a lot of people in the park. There was probably 150 on the bridge, and people were being respectful of the of the distancing best they could. I bet absolutely. Yeah, there were six yeah. foot. That's cool. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures, didn't have a chance to get down there, but I know when those jets came over the top of this house here, and they were the lowest I've ever seen them. You need a little more audio? Yeah, you just went out. Just went oh. out. That's because Garen's that, fiddling with stuff. <laughs> There's a short over there somewhere. Jason can just keep messing yeah, with it until you can hear us again. Play with it, Jason. I don't know which one. There's one in there somewhere that's a short. That's brand new. I'm good to go again. You're back, right? Okay, there we go. Yeah, all right. You got to quit fiddling. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that piece of equipment's basically brand new, and there's a short somewhere, and I don't know where it is. So I guess I should just start ordering parts. But then again, most of these things are on back order. So anyway, so yeah, uh, those jets flew over here, and it was the lowest I had ever seen them. Really? Here. You yeah. know, when they get to the bridge, I know generally they're, they they get down there a ways. They're pretty low. Yeah, they, they, where they flew this time, they flew over the uh, hospitals because they're still doing that um, for the governor's orders and the kind of a national thing right now is whenever those jets fly, they fly over the hospitals uh, for our first response, mm-hmm. which is great. And then on Memorial Day, they were kind of trying to do both with the same idea. So they didn't fly directly over our event this year. They kind of flew right between the hospital yeah, and our event. They split the middle. They split the they middle did. of it. Which is strange, so. because, and I'm not judging them those guys because they're the experts yeah. and they know what they're trying to do but they were coming up river like they went right over the top here yeah you know and they were out just a little way so we could see them i mean we could almost see the whites of their eyes they were so wow. low but then i did see them bank and come back around this way and go towards the coast which i think that's yeah. where they're headed next yeah yep. but uh that's too bad because there's been some awesome flyovers where they go right over <laughs> right <laughs> right we got some good stories about yeah that. we do got well, there's a time we were on used to fly over on parade day which is kind of cool too and yeah, they no literally more. they literally flew down the route really slow and then as they got to the caveman bridge uh, they both just teed it up vertical and hit it, and it was blowing off people's hats. It was epic. Yeah. Of course, uh, there was problems. Somebody told the wrong person and took away all of our fun, so they stopped flying over that low. But there's been some some great flyovers. Yeah. And some gliders going underneath the bridge, too. So we've had all kinds of great things happen on our flyovers. 
That's awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know why we could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd imagine if you were on a horse, maybe in the parade, and those things came yeah. over, that that might not best be best case scenario. But oh, that's well, right. we don't well, have well when they when they used to <laughs> <laughs> rules, rules, rules. I know when they used to do it on the parade route. Um, I think that another reason they had to stop is because they were setting the alarm off at every bank oh. and the courthouse. That makes sense. And uh, kind of rattle on the windows, so they're kind of freaked out about that. So. But still, but it's great support. It is for us. Yeah, no, that is that was cool that we were still able to have the the Jets on a, an important day like that for us. Well, and especially to do that for the for the country, the yeah. ceremony. You know, yeah. to be able to have that part of it, which really is. I mean, there's raising the money for the kids, but recognizing all those people that we lost fighting for our country is, yeah. in my opinion, one of the most important parts of it. You know, JJ and I, we did have the uh, the pleasure we since we had a modified boat nick and the memorial service and everything. You know, the idea came up that all the veterans in the club were able to go out onto the Hell's Gate boat. And, you know, we like, you know, thank Hell's Gate for, for affording that for us, for us to be on the boat as a U.S. Navy veteran. J.J. is a U.S. Navy veteran. And uh, we had Senator Bear Sugar on there, Dan Young, county commissioner, who is a U.S. Navy veteran, a couple Marines, and uh, one Air Force guy. Air Force guy. Yeah. Poor Gary. Poor Gary. He, <laughs> Are you he, about Gary Wallace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he was in the Girl Scouts. Um, or the Air Force, I mean. No, goodness gracious, you're hardcore. Uh, but, um, no, it was it was really cool to be out there with that group of, uh, and there what, 10 of us? Yep, 10 of us on the boat, and, yeah. you know, the bagpipes there, and the it was awesome. taps, and National Anthem. I mean, it did have that moment of almost having that boatnik feel about it again, which was great. Um Cause it was so hard on the weekend not to be doing those things, those activities, be constantly busy, constantly going out there and fighting those little fires that the second largest event in the state makes, but it's worthwhile. I mean, and uh, so and to be there on Monday and, and have that quiet and have the wreath and the rose yeah. petals and to focus and to think and remember it was really good closure, I think, for the club because a lot of us are pretty just, you know, not knowing what to do with ourselves, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. To have, we plan, you know, that whole week of being, taking vacation time to be giving back to our community. We've got guys like Kyle that do 10 days of vacation time just to work the park. And he was sitting there going, I did yard work, you know, he yeah. took the vacation time, didn't know what to do themselves. So it yeah, was good Jay, to have that Monday ceremony. This Jason over here, he took five days. You're, you know, five days off of work to do it. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, lucky i get to do what i get to do and uh jj being a teacher doing so i don't you know, work really so well <laughs> oh i think you're working harder now than <laughs> you were gonna before. say man i don't know i don't all but, of you yeah. guys trying to pull that off i'm curious though for for the two of you guys who are veterans what that was like especially with what we're going through right now and just this crazy time that it's been as you sit there and 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 hear the national anthem and reflect on everything that's happened I, I kind of want to get individual answers from both of you as far as what that was like and what's kind of going through your head when that, when that happens. Well, I mean, it's super emotional for me. I'm not only my Navy veteran, but my, both of my grandfather's world war two Navy veterans, uh, my wife's family, her grandfather, world war two captain. And so, um, it's a big deal for us and our club does a great job of making Monday important, making Monday professional and honoring those people that are not with us today. And so I get, I get the heebie-jeebies right now just talking about it, how much energy we put into it and how serious it is and how the whole bank, I mean, there's thousands of people there and during our ceremony for 20 minutes that goes on, 
it's I, it, I'm very prideful of my community because they are so respectful of everything that happens during that event. And, uh, and so it's one of the reasons I've stayed in the club so long is for kids. And because this club has the, um, the, the honor to have that ceremony every Monday that anyone who comes to Bodnick who gets to see that for the first time goes, wow, you guys do it right. You guys, you guys have a ceremony that's top notch and that, you know, every veteran appreciates how we do it. And I'm very proud of being that. And I get, I get emotional talking about it right now. I, yeah. It's super cool. And I'm so glad as a club, we still had the permission from the city and the community and the, everybody got behind us and said, yep, yeah, you should still do a Monday event. And we got very little pushback from, you know, what we're going to do. We're on a boat. We're going to maintain social distancing, but we're going to honor those veterans. We're going to honor those people that are not with us today. I think JJ just wrapped it all up. I mean, I, I feel the same way. It just I come from, you know, both my dads, my stepdad and my father were both uh, Vietnam era veterans. Um, my father-in-law was a Korean War into, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Vietnam uh, era veteran. And my, you know, a lot of my brother-in-law, who is currently at the house right now, um, is a uh, veteran from the Gulf War like I am. And Monday was probably more important than anything for us since we couldn't have Boatnik. And it took a lot of weeks to plan. It was crazy. It seemed like it took us longer to plan Monday than it did for us to plan Boatnik because it was something different and new and out of the ordinary. I mean, we knew what to do, but we weren't sure how we were going to do it. You know, thank God this, you know, city of Grants Pass and, you know, helped us out as far as, yeah, go ahead and do it. And, you know, and then we got a, uh, what was Greg a general? Yeah, he's a brigadier, brigadier. general, brigadier yeah. general of the West Coast of Army National Guard. So I mean, he has yeah. a, he was able to do logistics for us and get the supports yeah. and and he kind of took the leadership role naturally uh, to get things going. But yeah, it's uh, we've got such a good routine for Bodnick for fifty years. And you know, when I joined, it was 17, 16 members, eighteen members, and now we're up to forty something. And everybody's got their job. And literally the kind of the joke is before Bodnick, every Thursday we have our committee's report. And it's <laughs> usually we just say handled. It's everything's handled. And it was weird as we got closer to this and we only had one committee, which was Monday <laughs> ceremony. And we had 40 guys that wanted to help and be part of it and had ideas. And that almost caused almost a little bit of confusion a little bit because we weren't used to the change. But then that kind of uh, what the society is going through right now. We're all adapting. You're, we're just talking about how fastest went on March 13th to March 16th by March 21st our kids are no longer in school and everything shut down every restaurant in the country shut down um, how do you adapt to that and that's what we were we're like of course we're gonna have Boatnik and all of a sudden we realized we're not having Boatnik what are we gonna do now and it was a, a little bit of craziness the first few weeks much like how I think parents are, were going through the first few weeks with little kids and how everybody's going around how do we adapt how do we stay at home all the time we had that same kind of chaos trying to plan that Monday for a little while, but we worked it out. It was really yeah, nice. It, it, everybody jumped in and, and did what they needed to do. And one cool thing that we also were able to do is um, Cowell River Racers were able to put two hydro boats in the water and, and shot down the river. So technically, we didn't have a race, but for 61 years, a hydro boat has been on the river on Memorial Day. They did they did one little hot lap. They came down, ran around the uh, the bridge, and shot back up to the park and no, that was, it was a good show it was it was yeah. very cool it, it kind of just like i said it had that little bit of feeling about nick and what's important to us but it's gonna be a lot of work for us i think in yeah. the in the next year because now 
without the the income coming in from this last year's boat nick mm-hmm. and it's turned into making sure we got enough money to do what we need to do and support the kids and keep our christmas for kids program going keep it our 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 sponsors a lot of our sponsors that had paid for this year's boat nick to be a be a sponsor just said hey keep the money yeah, you guys that's great you guys <clears throat> keep the money and we'll just we'll do it again next year and they'd already planned on it which I don't have that list in front of me, but I know they're they're out there. But it was just like, wow, that's really cool. We're able to um, help so many kids because of them, and we were able to also uh, the food program that we did this year. Yeah, that, that was oh my god, that was crazy in itself. Yeah, we are you talking about when you handed out all the food boxes? Yeah, at yeah, Oregon Port. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marv, uh, one of our members, uh, had the idea and threw some stuff off of all of us, and the club stepped up and provided the manpower and some funds, and we had some other volunteers provide some funds, and before you know it, we're giving out a thousand boxes of food, you know, toilet paper and all the essentials, and it was a. Uh, it was funny how an idea, and we do a lot of them with involve whiskey and cigar, and <laughs> hey, let's try this. And uh, before you know it, we're giving away food or we're uh, making our own beer. You know, we have all kinds of great ideas. It's amazing. So, <laughs> developing the brew fest, Christmas for kids, all it, this goes to show you: proper amount of bourbon and a cigar can get a lot done in the world. So you're <laughs> so you're telling me, JJ, there's nothing that we can't handle. There's nothing we can't handle. I know. If I've don't got say enough, that too loud. That's when the curveball comes flying. Yeah. Like, oh, we've we've hit a lot of those out of the park, and sometimes uh, it's been really really good. And it's like, what in the hell were we thinking? Yeah. So yeah. So as you guys move forward, what is what's the landscape like for you guys? How much of the money comes from the carnival? How much from the sponsorship? And I'm not asking for exact dollars, but as you try and navigate through the the murky waters that lie ahead as you, you know, hope to get back to it next year, you're still trying to help kids out and these different programs. So how do you balance that with no carnival? And obviously the sponsor money helps, but that's, I'm assuming that's not the majority of it. No, is that accurate? Yeah. Sponsor money actually helps us put the event on. Mm -hmm. So you think about it, there's all the pre costs and everything that goes on the costs during the weekend. And then by having a successful carnival, a successful brew fest and those other sales, because we have vendor sales inside the park that we get revenue from. And because our, our events huge. Now those vendors are begging basically to come to our event. They're writing us a check or giving us cash. So we usually collect that on Monday, you know, and that's part of our big thing is getting all that revenue in because we're kind of almost in the hole as the week goes on and then all of a sudden boom there's our revenue for the year the sponsorship money is a is a sum it's a very good sum that we didn't have to put a lot of the expenses out this year but we will not have the resources we've had in the past now we've been very good yeah because yeah. of new events like jason's brew fest and other events we've done we, we do the fundraiser in christmas time and we can supplement some of those funds there we have some money in the bank um so that we, we can't we don't have to say no to everybody this year but there'll be some things we won't be writing as big a checks or our donations won't as be as as large and that's just the way i think a lot of corporations and businesses probably do the same thing this year you know their mm-hmm. revenues down so they'll try to say yes the best they can but they're not gonna be able to give as much so what we were thinking about, we're thinking of boxing jason we did a winter fest winter brew fest years ago and he's been saying let's just do an october fest you know or something like that now you're talking as a fundraiser you know and uh to um he's great at thinking out of the box and uh and finding some way to do a revenue thing so jason talk about that when was it we did the winter fest probably almost 10 years ago now right that was 2013 2013 active club winter brew fest 
Uh, we had 40 beers on tap, all winter beers, big, big winter beers. And uh, it was a great success. I think uh, this year we've talked to the president and the vice president and the uh, the new committee chair for Brewfest, Rich Bush. And uh, we're going to push that October Brewfest. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. At the fairgrounds, two days. Okay. So Not be, too far from I could probably ride my scooter there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Take a back road. It always goes really well because, I mean, yeah, there's the there's the brew fest going on, but we do a great job of usually having some auction items, people donating stuff, and we find other ways of raising money. And once people get there and realize what we do for kids, it's really easy for us to generate some extra funds. I think that's the kind of thing we'll have to look think out of the box this year with the Oktoberfest or Brewfest and also with our Christmas for Kids. You know, that's getting bigger and bigger every year, and I think that we'll have to reach out to sponsors and say, hey, by the way, we didn't have um, a boat nick this year. We didn't do an auction this year, and so, hey, we could we could use some help. And what I love about this community is that people will help. Mm-hmm. I know they will. And, we, and that's our club's got a lot of businessmen in there, so that's kind of wonderful too is we use a lot of times connections instead of like writing somebody a check we you know jason finds a kid that needs a bed and and garen knows somebody that does knows this person and knows this person before you know it we're getting a bed donated you know or when a kid needs a wheelchair i mean we do write a lot of checks but we also use the resources of our strength of us, all of us being involved in different parts of our community to find ways of making things happen yeah, I think that's one of the blessings with the situation we're dealing with now is that people have had to like take a step back and realize, okay, the cash flow is just not there. Um, but people have stepped up in different ways, and I'm not just talking about charities. I'm just talking about life in general. Yeah. We've even had where our neighbors are like, you guys need something? Like, we can bring something over. Hey, you run out of toilet paper? We legit have some. Like, and I know that sounds silly, but just situations like that where – people are figuring out how to do things like they used to do them, you know, back in the old days where it wasn't yeah, just like always checks or money. Like your neighbors were kind to you yeah, and, and you, just, you were like a good citizen type yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't talk sense to me, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cool because you know, you can get a lot of things done that way and uh, yeah. it doesn't always require a check, you know, you know, and yeah, <laughs> I could go off on so many things. <laughs> um, I got to be careful. Uh, let's get back to the Christmas for kids because, you know, one thing that has really helped the club for Christmas for kids is, uh, Carl Wilson down at, uh, KJL right? Mm-hmm. I know that's your, uh, that was your old stomping grounds many, many years ago. And, and, um, we were able to take over the radio that morning, uh, first week of December, I think. It yeah. Is. Yeah. yeah. And, and people have just poured in money and making donations to that program. And we're able to use a hundred percent of that, uh, that revenue from that day to help you know fund our christmas for kids program because i don't have that number maybe jj or jason does but um it was like 40 40 families oh yeah 45 families almost yeah. 150 kids and all of them get basically not only food but we also make sure those kids get the needed essentials shoes jackets pants shirts heavy coats and then we also throw in a couple cool presents in there too and oftentimes we're taking Christmas trees there because they don't have a Christmas tree yeah. and set things and stockings full of just stocking stuffers. And it's, it's pretty amazing. We all are humbled when our families get involved and we all shop for the, for the families. We wrap the presents and then we deliver and we all realize how blessed we are. And it makes, it puts it really in perspective. It's been great for my kids. They remember doing it for a long time, yeah. helping with that, um, being able to but, see how lucky they are. That program has grown so much from when I got in the club and, um, you know, with JJ and, and a few of the other club members, it was like, we had, I don't know, maybe four or five families 
you know, and we were, you know, spending money that, you know, 18, 20 years ago, we weren't making a lot of money in Boatnik. And, and we, the, the leadership of the club has really turned around like, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's change this. And, and, and we really started making a good profit to, to help more and more families. And, you know, it was, okay, we, we only got enough for five families, so this is what we're going to do. And now, like JJ said, no, it's, 45 uh, families. As many families we, we get. We work yeah. with the South Middle School, North Middle School, and the elementary office um, professionals that they give us the names. That, hey, these are the families that are in need. And then they reach out and say, hey, do you mind the Act Club help you out? And they say, yep. And then, bam, we make it happen. We yeah. get a list. And it's one, It's another part of my favorite part of the year is that we get to spend that time as a group helping people that are really in need. And you see some crazy stuff, just absolutely <laughs> crazy stuff. Yeah, well. It, it is like you know, Jay says his favorite time of year, but it's it's one of my also favorite times, but one of my saddest times. Of um, it, it's tough to be in this community in this country and see what we have to go through, and we only get to see just a small part of that. And I know there's other people that are out there involved with other service groups and and churches or whatever that that are our police force or whatever that are seeing this on the daily, and it is we just try to do the best we can with what we got to work with with those uh with those families and i wish i wish we didn't have a christmas for kids program yeah mm-hmm. I, I i don't no one wants to see someone on their worst day no no ever. that's bad and the b- good part for me as a teacher is i get to see yeah. the kids a lot and i go wow this kid's not really functioning very well he's not paying attention very well he's got an attitude problem he's just and then i go oh I go to, go to some of these houses and I go, I get it now. They're, they are, It's not the kid's fault that they're mm-hmm. in the situation they're in. Um, you're, it's hard to see the parent and they all have probably a story or a reason why they are where they are, but they're keeping, they keep making bad choices and the only person really suffering are those children. And you go in there seeing five kids, six kids, and uh, and the parents are looking at them going, wow, I wish you weren't making that choice. You're not going to say it to them. Mm-hmm. And you're delivering all this stuff and you're going okay, it's about these kids right now. And, and just shut the I rest go, of it out. Yeah, and then yeah. I go back to school and I see those kids walking down the hallways and it makes, I can go back to teachers and go, hey, you know what, little Tommy, uh, yeah, I know he's making us work real hard and he's putting a lot of stress in our classrooms, but he doesn't have a lot of good role models at home. He doesn't get a lot of sleep at home when he's sleeping on the floor, you know, because the parents are making bad choices. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's hard. Like he said, it's, it's, sometimes it doesn't want to go do it because it's hard for you to see it, yeah. but it's super good for me because our, our, our club's about kids. It makes me realize that we got to persevere and fight f- through for these kids that don't have the option of moving someplace else. As a teacher, does it make you want to put that much more effort into those kids when you see them at school trying to help get get them over the hump? Yeah, it just makes you constantly when you tell people about to, as a teacher, you're trying to let kids understand, hey, I'm from here. I understand your hardship. I understand that everything's not perfect at home, but I remind them too that they have to make choices and do things to change their stars. They have to, um, if your dad dad's doing drugs, or your mom's left your home, or there's a bad situation at home, bad situation at home, you need to do things here at school the best you can to change that. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell them that I've seen those bad things, that I was raised in a family that had difficulties and separation and drugs that, and my family had to persevere through those kind of things. 
um, I try to relate those stories to kids and I do fight for those kids. I hold them accountable, which is the military in me. I yeah. am. Some people say I'm too direct or too mean to kids at times. I'm not, it's not mean. I just have expectations, but I remind them it's because I want them to be successful. I want them to make it and that I understand that the path that we're going to go on is going to take some work and, and they're getting direction. They're not getting at home. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I try yeah. to do in the classroom. So it's uh, it's super good for me to see those things, so then bring it back to the classroom and put my heart into it even even more. You know, it's, it's one one great thing. You know, with with JJ being involved, and we have other teachers that are involved with the club too. But I get to being down at the Scar Cave. We have our little lounge, and when JJ gets done with school at, after three o'clock, if he's not coaching, I mean, he's got he's doing so many things, and I'm not trying to you know make you feel any particular way jj other than i admire what you do for these kids and the struggles that you have i get to i get to be the guy down at the down at the lounge going okay i'm here to listen you know get your bourbon get your cigar get your you know your soda pop or whatever and sometimes jj comes in and goes and because of those kids that he cares so deeply for that, that he wants them to make good decisions and they're just looking at that little (laughs) that little youngster that is just making bad decisions and i don't think teachers like what we have because jj and i grew born and raised here in grants pass came up through the elementary schools the middle schools and the high school and graduated same year damn near the same age and i remember our high school teachers if we screwed up we got our head thumped yeah we we got a, a finger in our chest going quit being a little jerk quit being a shithead and they don't get to do that nowadays. Yeah, and we, it's funny. If your tone's wrong, they'll, oh, they'll tell the principal. Oh, you're and, so you know, mean, mean, Mr. Defoe. Yeah. Well, so. and it's interesting now to hear from all these parents who are getting to see the Google yeah. meetings and the Zoom meetings because now, you know, people like us and other parents who try and provide a pretty good home for our kids see some of the homes that these other kids are in. And the very first Google Meet that, that my oldest daughter had, she's in fifth grade, um, as soon as she turned it on, there was every word you could imagine. And it wasn't just like the F word yeah. or someone said shit. It was like the explicit acts. And I'm going, Rrrr! like, hold on. Like, how do I shut this off? But, you know, it all got taken care of and, yep. and it was what it was and whatever. Um, I wasn't too concerned about it. I know my wife was seeing red for a second. But anyway, my point is that like now everyone is seeing what you see, JJ. They're seeing the home life for some of these kids and what it's really like and yep. and some that don't ever even show up or kids that have to be checked on by the principal because they haven't heard from them in three weeks and they don't know if they're at home or somewhere else or whatever and it's just it's a glimpse into a side of things that a lot of people don't get to see well we, with the zoom we've actually we're mandatory reporters so we've actually had to send police officers out to homes because what we see in the background of a zoom meeting or what we hear about those things and then also we have kids that were not participating at all either with uh books being taken home or with the online programs and so again officers are going out there checking those students and you're finding out that they're parents don't care if they're going to school then parents don't they pick up a chromebook which is the crazy part they'll show up and yeah one guy showed up for school and asked for six chromebooks and they go great what's your kids names he goes oh i forgot Mm. he's wanted to get the chromebooks and sell them you know but uh we got uh, we had a great program we dropped off uh, had kids and parents pick up chromebooks the very first week school was canceled and moved to online and almost all of them picked them up but then only about probably 70 percent of the kids bought in at first and by the end about half the kids bought in and i guess it's you know it's tough and it's not the same thing but uh 
uh, I thought it was great that our community and our school system said, hey, how can we help you out? What do you, what do you need? Do you need headphones? Do you need a computer? You know, you need Wi-Fi? Let's get that for you. But at the same time, you realize how many of our society doesn't really care. If mm-hmm. they're, they just want to put their kid in the bus and, and send them to school. And then they don't check their grades. They don't want to hear about the problems. And that's, and that's the hard part because our society wants to love on every kid so much that we spend so much time on the 10% that the 90% of the kids that are doing the basically right thing or the great thing aren't getting much light on them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's hard for me. You know, I want to, I want all the kids to be treated the same, hundred mm-hmm. percent the same. And then, you know, um, let those tag kids and those special needs kids get the same love as the kid that's in the middle, just being a good student, doing the B work. And that's not always how it's working right now. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was definitely a change going to online school. Yeah. Well, and there's even parents that I know who are really good parents, but here the last week or two, they're like, I, uh, I'm running out of steam. They're like, checking out. They are. And I, I can't say that I blame them. There's been some Mondays around here where I was about ready to check out. <laughs> like, I'm like, I gotta go make a phone call. I gotta go walk down the street and do a couple laps. Cause I don't know what it is about Monday. I mean, I know Monday is just like that day anyway, but when you have three kids coming off the weekend, they're in fifth, third and first grade and you're trying to it's like a damn zoo. And uh, there's days where it's like, all right, everyone outside. You guys need a brain break. We might only be 15 minutes in, but y'all need to go outside, run around, burn some steam yeah. off, come back in. We'll try it again. Can you imagine if we're doing this still in the fall? Oh, God. I, I don't know. I don't I, even want I'm to. I'm a crack. Jesus. I'm an absolute crack because uh, we need to get back to normality because we as a school system provide daycare mm-hmm. and a system so that parents can go out there and be productive. And if we don't jump in with all of our feet saying, yep, let's put these kids in the school. Let's be safe. Let's stress washing hands. I just. I At just, some point, I'm we so- have to decide if we're yeah. going to live and take a a bit of a risk and you can all say how much you think it's a risk or not anybody oh, it's up to oh, each person I got something right on that. <laughs> but also um the thing that i don't like it, i think it's really sad is that i've actually heard from a couple of teachers and one administrator that has actually said i don't know if i want to do this anymore and to hear from teachers and administrators who are thinking i might i might get out like I, this is not what I signed up for. Not saying they aren't capable. It's not, they, they don't feel like they're making the impact they should be making doing it how we're doing it. And again, it's just a band aid. hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully this is just a segment in time. It's just a band aid. Yeah. But to hear people say that is it's a bummer because there's people who have spent their whole life, you know, putting themselves in a good position. Yeah. They take care of the kids. They're some of the best teachers, maybe the best administrators. And to hear them say, I feel like I'm, I'm just sitting here spinning my wheels. Like I might look for something else to do. That sucks. Well, I, I find it a little confusing. I'm going to get into some what's going on today, yesterday, and the day before with the uh, with the rioting going on in the U.S. So apparently, you know, COVID nineteen shut down the U.S., but now rioting opened it back up, and there were honestly, my opinion, not expressed by anything else other than me. You were rioting for one individual, which was a horrible thing. Should have never happened, but. You can't you can't do a peaceful type of I don't know writing is peaceful in any way, but let's open up the U.S. You know you can go out there and burn down the cities and stuff for one individual. Why can't you do it for everybody else? I'm not God, that that is not coming out the way I want it to. Well, here, let me, Are you understanding? Let, let, let help me out way. there. Here, here's what I see, and uh, I kind of touched on it last night when I did the video. I was just so irritated with what I was seeing. My opinion is. We have a situation that happened that should have never happened. 
Absolutely. That was 100% wrong, and we do have a problem in this country. Yeah. I think anyone who denies that is, uh, I mean, you can say a lot of different things. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, my opinion, we definitely have a problem, okay? What's happening with the rioting is a completely different situation. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've seen riots before. We've seen Antifa do their thing. And uh, I don't know how much I want to say about Antifa. I don't want my house to get burned down. But uh, there's like this faction of people like tearing stuff up, but it's not the same people that are trying to support the people who the injustice was against. Right. You know what I mean? I think so there's multiple agreed. things on. And, and what I said last night, the shitty thing about all of this is that there's so many outside influences in this country that are affecting things, depending on yeah. how deep you want to dig and how, you know, and I'm not even getting into the conspiracy part of it. I'm just talking about the outside influence of different people that have a lot of money and fund different things to impact yeah. different things, whether it's politics, whether it's business, whatever that is. So there's a lot of things going on here, but it's just being shouted as one thing. Yeah. So it muddies the waters and then it makes people think, well, wait a second, they're writing for this guy, but that's really not what's happening. It's extremely people confusing. Are, it is because everybody agreed from the top down from the, from that, uh, that governor of uh, Minnesota, Minnesota to the mayor of in, uh, Minneapolis. They all said, yes, this was wrong. That cop, that that police force that was there was completely wrong. We are not hiding the fact that it was wrong and it was bad. This was a bad thing. And all of a sudden, people just freaked the frick out. And you're right. I don't think it's for that reason. They're just using it for that reason. Well, and some are saying, you know, look what happens to people when they're, they're locked up in their homes. I shouldn't oh. say locked up. But, you know, basically being told you need to stay home. And, yeah, you could go out and about if you really want to. I mean, we've seen that. People have kept working and all that. And, and been able to go out and do some things, maybe more so here than other places, yeah. just because we're oh, yeah. more rural. We yeah. kind of socially distance anyway. Um, but you have all this pent up aggression anyway, and um, and people and, and there's already, like I said, there's already been riots before of these types of people with the bandanas, with the crazy hair, whatever. Yeah. Well, I have crazy hair right now, so who am I to say? But my point is that there's way more going on here, and that's what sucks. Is there's right. so many outside influences. And it'd be nice if we could all just get along, but unfortunately, could you imagine if we would have done boat Nick anyways? We thought about doing that. So say, hey, we're going to do yeah, boat Nick. Yeah, we're right. going to tell people, hey, you know what? It's your free country. Wear your mask, but you know what? Take the risk if you want to. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna be a we're gonna have the event. We talked about that, you know. And, we did. And if we would have done that, you would have seen national news fly in and see how these dumb Grants Pass Active Club guys <laughs> mm-hmm. don't care about our society. They have the audacity to to gain to to join together in mass to raise money for kids. And it would have been you. We would have been just totally probably arrested on site. But yet, good chance it would have been what, the very what, last boat. But egg. one, but one, <laughs> one week later, you can have tens of thousands of people in all the major cities yeah. that have all the power in the country. They can mass together and have and do their burn social, their shit down because they're passionate about their cause. Mm-hmm. But if we would have said we're passionate yeah, about yeah. our cause, absolutely, and it's not their cause, then yeah. that we got shut down. I would love to see the passion for for what's going out there for the United States of America, for the people of the United States of America, my friends my business partners, our family that own restaurants, that own boutique shops that are that are going to be hurting. Tourism in Grants Pass is completely in the shitter right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason's wife has oh. been unemployed since March. Yeah. She cannot work. Her business is shut down by the government. She cannot earn a, a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But we can't riot for her. That'd be out of control. Yeah, that that'd would, be out oh, control. Okay. Are you crazy talk, JJ? I mean, you could. You could try it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could we could stand outside and hold our signs and go, and please put the girls back to work. 
That's but bad. that that's not fun. The no. Yeah, it's no. a weird time. It is. It's it, uh, sucks balls. I didn't think we would. Uh, I didn't think we would see something like this. Honestly, that's kind of what I was saying last night. I I, I wouldn't have thought that in 2020. You know, growing up in the 80s as a kid, I would have never thought we'd go backwards. You know, but yeah. it seems like I don't know what it is about human nature. You know, there's a really good side of it, but the, also there's this other side of it that's just not not pretty. You being know? a being a math guy, I'm very excited to be uh, be five years from now when all the data is collected about what COVID was and that COVID was a very bad flu, it's a mm-hmm. really bad flu mm-hmm. that we m- turned into a shitstorm. And we basically created hysteria, created, and again, well, JJ, don't you know that people are dying? I know people die every day. People die every single day of heart disease and diabetes and all those other things that this disease picks on. And so, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm very interested to see when we find out what the death rate of COVID-19 was that I don't, I don't think it's going to be the massive percentage more than the normal flu. Well, and as we've seen, as we've got into this, that it's continued to drop. Yeah. And, you know, I don't fault anyone for doing what they needed to do at the beginning of this. Yeah. But as you've seen different things and you kind of get away from the the national narrative and you actually listen to research and, and you talk to people, you know, I have friends that are nurses here at the hospital and they told us like, listen, there hasn't been one person in here. Uh, yeah. you know, one, they're sending them all to Ashland anyway, from what I understand, but, that is correct. um, so the hospitals haven't really had anyone in there and, uh, it was completely, and, and they swear that it came through months before, uh, and that they probably had, had people there that had it. Yeah. And even some people it. that work there it. say that I think I had it. So yeah, I mean, we could, we I could mean, I think, all, I think everybody agrees that it's a real thing, right? You know, COVID-19 is a real thing, but it. I had to use this analogy on my family the other day. It's like, because we get into this type of conversation with my kids and you know, all my kids are older. And it's like, when you see a car accident, when you drive by and it's a bad one, you know, it's bad. You can see it. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can smell it. Everything. This is a ghost that I don't know personally, anybody that's had it. Here do I, or, or, you know, other than we might've had it, six months ago i mean you got really you had a little cold and a sniffle and felt like shit for a couple of days who's to say that you don't have it without going to get a test we can't touch it we don't it, yeah. it, it's it's a i don't want to call it a mystery we're, it's we're red real next, we're red next yeah we are past that population eighty thousand. so i mean i get it it's a number-based game and so the big cities like you know new york and stuff obviously their ability to clean up after somebody who touches their nose and then touches a rail of a subway or something like that's different but still, I mean, I, it just, like I said, um, 50 to 80,000 people, whatever it is, every year die of the flu or flu symptoms that causes their old age or their heart disease or whatever they had to an inflare. And so this disease is, I think, just a bad version of that. And we literally shut down the whole system. And the hard part for me is being a numbers guy, I've got two 20-something children that they're the one that's going to pay back the $6 trillion mm-hmm. that we've already given out and make believe money. You know, my biggest problem with this whole thing is, well, there's a couple, but the one I'll focus on for this conversation is the fact that we can't ever as a country or the politicians in this country piss me off on both sides. They can't backtrack or they're not backtracking on this. They'll backtrack on other things, but how come we can't stop the bus and go, okay, everybody, we thought this was going to be worse. It wasn't, 
and sweet. Let's get back to it. It's like we can't let go of it. There's too much involved. There's you too much money. There's too taking, much politics. Taking responsibility and making even a if comment if, if, if it's right or wrong. Yeah. Even yeah. if they're not taking responsibility, even if someone could just say, you know what? The numbers don't add up. Even if only one of them wants to say it, I don't yeah. care which one, and they can somehow, you know, loosen Figure the reins so people can get back to work, but instead they can't. It's like nobody can make it. To the leadership is terrible across the board, yeah. and I'm not picking on one person. I hope it doesn't come across that way. No, that's not what no, I'm saying. I don't think it is. But I'm saying no. as a whole, they can't do it. And some of these states that are just completely locked down and, in my opinion, don't necessarily have a reason. To be and whatever there. they do is wrong. I mean, remember in January when he uh, stopped letting Chinese people fly into America and he was called a racist and because how can you stop plane flights? And now, you know, they're saying, well, he was too slow to react and whatever, whoever's in charge, <laughs> whatever decision they make, the other side's going to tell you that you're doing the wrong thing, you know? And, and the sad part is if now, if you're a governor or a leader that says, Hey, I want to open up cause I want families to get back to normal. I want people to make money. Well, now you don't care about the hundred thousand people that died. Well, now you don't care about first responders. Well, yeah, I do. But you also have to function. At some point, somebody has, like you just said, make the call and say, okay, I'm the guy, the senator's going to say, let's open up. Mm -hmm. And there is risk. Driving a car, there is risk. They're flying a plane, there is risk. Given vaccines, there's a risk. I mean, one in whatever, 100,000 can have a reaction to it. Yeah. But overall, we know for the good of the society, we need to get back to normal. Children need to go back to school. But we get back to work, you know, and we got people get people off the um, unemployment. They're making more money now mm -hmm. than they're making yeah. when they're working. We got we have co-partners in our club who can't get their employees to come back. And because they basically said, why would I go back to work to make less money? Yeah, I'm not working right now. I make more than I used to. Well, it's going to run out pretty soon. And there's going to be people who aren't going to forget that, that they didn't come yeah. back, you know. And, and unfortunately, the, own, the owners of these businesses are going to have long memories of who took care of me. Well, and here's, the, here's the other part about that is that there was such a shortage in the workforce anyway Yeah, going into this, and that's something a lot of people haven't really talked about. I deal with it every day because I deal with advertisers right. who can't get anyone to work for them, and I talk to them every single day. And so now there's this pool of people, another one today that I know very well, just lost her job because of all of this. There's no revenue coming in because the store has been closed forever. She's a marketing director, has a ton of experience, great at what she does, has done absolutely nothing wrong lost her job. So there's people out there like her going to be looking for work. And some of these businesses are going to be able to pick up some pretty good people who actually oh, yeah, want to work. Be so some there's going to be fruit. There's some negative, there's a huge negative to it, but there's also some really good people out there yeah. uh, yep. who are going to find a good place to land. But the people that I believe that are, are denying going back and we're talking average wage earners, your, your, your minimum wage earners at, at the 12 bucks an hour or whatever that are making more money now than they were before they left that are willing to ride that train until July, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes July. That money's gone. They're, they're causing the problem right now because the, the whole idea of being a responsible individual that goes out and works because you need to work is you're not going to have a job. I will, I will not hire you. You can, you know, you can go do whatever you need to do and you're going to find out what real work is. So, get off your ass, go back to work, support the people that are supporting you that mm -hmm. did before COVID-19 happened. You know, yeah, you're going to lose a little bit of money, but you know what? In the long run, you're going to be making the same amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're going to actually be an active part of society. 
Yeah, it's hard for some though. So, uh, yeah, and it's I, hard I, for I, sitting I, around on your I, ass I mean, and collecting free money. I, I get it. I get it. Not something I want to do, but no. I I understand when it arrives in the mailbox and you've got a stack of checks sitting there. You're going, oh, that sounds pretty good. Oh yeah, but it's going to run out at some point, and it it doesn't last forever. So nope. we'll see how that experiment works out. So it's just going to be a. Uh, it's just going to be crazy come the next few months because we're going to come out of this whole COVID thing and go into the election of November. And it's going to be just a mishmash of whatever somebody does to open up or not open up is going to be a political connection to it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of watching the train wreck is going to happen. At the same time, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a shit show for Q-Q. sure. Well, and it's it's disgusting, right? I mean, it's uh, it's this big picture uh, that we talked touched on a few minutes ago of both sides can't figure out how to get anything done together. They're playing politics with this situation. They play politics with every situation, no matter what side you're on. And uh, it's crazy. Like you think about leadership, and this is something. I mean, I'm going to go down the road a little ways, and we'll just see how this goes. But I mean, you think about it. I like pass. I, I mean, I've seen some pretty good leaders. You know, I'd like to think you guys in your club have oh, some yeah. solid leaders. Like you talked about guys showing up to your meetings and it's handled, right? What about this? It's handled, right? Cause you have leaders, you have guys that know how to get stuff done and other organizations have ladies know how to get stuff done, whatever that is. And, um, the fact that like, where are the true leaders? Like where are the, That's a good question. on both sides. And I'm not, again, I'm not singling out anyone in any party. It's just like, I don't understand how come they're, isn't someone and maybe it's because it's more complicated than that i'm sure that's probably the answer that well no it's not complicated jason because because right is right and you know i'll make a plea i don't know how far your your podcast reaches across the united states or across the oregon or whatever but whoever's listening there is a time where people just got to i'm going to plead to you know to the the management of oregon we'll call it the management the governor put the shit away let's get Oregon back together and get to work and other countries or other, other states will follow. We are prepared. If you know, from what I hear from hospitals to, you know, Justin County's prepared for if there is a spike, God willing, there's not Uh Jackson County's prepared. Let's go out there and, and go into normalcy and see what happens. We don't want anybody to die. I don't want, but if you are afraid, don't go outside. If you are not prepared, don't go outside. But don't use this as an excuse to sit around and do nothing. Let's go to work. Let's get going. And we are prepared as a community to, okay, you need to, we got, we got in it, you know, they, uh, what the hell is that thing there uh, for the hospital to get innovated, you know, oh, the ventilator, the ventilators. ventilators, we got ventilators, we got hospital staff, we got trained professionals willing to help that have spent years and years and years in school to protect us in a medical situation. We have people in the community that are willing to protect us in those situations. We need to get back and to go to work and become normal. Kids need to go back to school. Parents need to go to work. And we are ready as a a community. I know, I know Justine County is ready. You know, I hear it. I'm, I get, I'm lucky I get to be downtown. I get to hear a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are going, we are ready. Why Why can't we just get back to normal? Let us, you know, throw the dice. Let's see where they fall. And, and is that me being an asshole? No, that's just me being an American wanting to, to get back to, I want to be able to go to a movie. If I choose to go to a movie and someone's sitting next to me, that's my choice. 
and it's their choice to sit next to me. You know, I got I just had a new shirt made up from uh, from Dan uh, Two Ravens. That's right above our shop. Uh, just on the back says, "You do you. Mm-hmm. You go do you." And if you don't want to be somewhere, you don't want to go down to the OPPA and eat. You don't want to go to the grocery store. Don't go. Yeah. Plain and simple. But we have to get back to normalcy as best as possible. I don't know if we'll ever get to 100% of what we used to know, but we need to get, we need to find out what 99% is. And, and I, I, I plead the state of Oregon just to get off, let's cut the bullshit. I just wish there was one state that, collaborated that wasn't playing politics you know uh, it's crazy because you look at the divide especially in our state and we're so different down here and parts of us down here are different and similar to up north but whatever i'm not well, judging what, whatever what do you you're think, into. The, you know they're up in but, portland rioting in the streets of portland but a week ago there was no one in the streets of portland yeah our friend you know my business partner his son lives in portland your daughter lives in portland yeah the streets are empty and the streets are empty hyper vigilant about not touching each other not being around social distancing and then they have no problem right now they're out there burning the burning the street down and riding for for what they believe whatever i i don't even know what cause it is i'm confused but no they're afraid to stay inside by oh there's a good chance to go out and make a statement on something that an injustice was that happened okay take the same vigor and go to work yeah open up take or that su- chance or you're willing a good cause you know or do yeah. something positive that's uh, absolutely yeah i don't know we'll see what happens i don't know wow. I, I, I i would like to be optimistic but we'll see i, I think yeah. that there's some there's a lot of pressure i think on I salem gotta, i gotta drink to that right yeah. <laughs> yeah the active club wants to get back in busy and we want to have like a fourth july we like to do a, a labor day thing you know it's just we can't plan anything because the state keeps on telling us we don't know when phase two is going to happen. We don't know when state phase three is going to happen. And to be able to uh, plan a, an event to get to get our community back together, that's a big thing for me. Because Boatnik for me as a kid was this kind of a, it was my Disneyland. I grew up in a duplex on Bridge Street and hearing those, uh, those boats light up on Friday, mm-hmm. Jeff Lewis and all those guys in Red Brown was like, oh, well, Disneyland's in town. And I knew that my $5 would get me a carny ride, and I'd go down there and see my friends, and we couldn't afford to go camping on Memorial Day weekend or go travel Memorial Day weekend. It was Boatnik, and that's what kills us that when this COVID shut everything down. And I know a lot of families that they're basically their three-day holiday weekend is to be able to go down to Boatnik and get a corn dog and curly fries and to watch some jet boats run around and to get out of the house and get some sunshine. And we haven't given that to our community yet. And I feel like as the active club that we, we owe them that in some way. And it may, it may be Labor Day, you know, just doing a hydroplane race and having some corn dog and curly fries down there. But we're <laughs> going to try to do something down there, hopefully <laughs> do an event. So why am, we, why am I getting the stink eye? Oh, no, no. I love your, I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> was watching <laughs> just watching me right? no i think you're absolutely correct jj mm. we need you know there if if the boats are gonna if the the hydro boys are gonna run on that on that monday by god i think we should be down there eating corn dogs and having cotton candy watching them yeah and you know man get the community out there and have an event you know fireworks do something you know but it's hard in september because everything burns yeah Denver, but it's a problem i appreciate you bringing that up though because you guys have heard as much as anyone you know there's people who like to give the carnival at Boatnik a hard time and i'm not trying to take this in a negative direction i'm actually trying to point out a positive here and, and you talk about people who can't afford to do other things and it gives people an opportunity to go to a free event you know obviously the carnival you have to pay for mm-hmm. but um, 
I mean, that speaks volumes, really, when you think about it. You know, you as a kid growing up, not really having the money to do stuff, but being able to go enjoy that and be a part of that, and then end up being a teacher and a guy who's been in the club for 20 years. I mean, talk about full circle. Uh, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, wow. I, and I was, and I was you know, like I said, raised here, went to Grants Pass, and I end up going to the military, and I get to go see the world. And, and so as we've all had a chance to travel, and Garen's been in the military, when you've been to Manta, Ecuador, when you have been to Panama, when you have been to the Middle East, and you've been to Southeast Asia, and seen true suffering and true poverty, and then you come back, and we're doing boat nick, and I hear people complain about how bad this country is or how bad this is. And I'm just yeah. like, dude, you guys don't have a clue. You know what I mean? Again, horrible that gentleman was killed. Horrible that there is racism. Horrible that there's any ism, really. But I'm just saying is that we have so much time and wealth and health to complain about things, whereas in other nations, they still are trying to find clean water. They're still trying to find housing. They're, tr- they're still trying not to get murdered because of what religion they, they, they follow in Africa. You know, they're trying I've been, to find their next meal. Yeah, I've been in Ethiopia where people are getting slaughtered because they're Christians, you know? So, <sighs> I mean, and so the whole, I try to bring that back to my students and to my club and to my community is, I'm not saying America's perfect, but we're sure trying to do a good job of getting there. We're trying to do our best to give what that flag stands for. And so our colors of our club, red, white, and blue, and Boatnik, and ACT Club, and and we do a lot of things for the military. And it's because I think um, we all in our club feel that we are very thankful for where we live, in Grants Pass, in Oregon, and in the United States of America. Yeah, we're blessed. And then we, a bunch of us have served and realized that how, how lucky when I, I, I hear the haters out there, uh, the, the anti-fa, whatever, whatever that group is you're talking about mm-hmm. that thinks that it's that bad. I, I don't think they've ever been anywhere else. I don't, no. I think they're listening to the, the wrong, um, podcast. They're listening to the wrong <laughs> person because they think that they're in tra- They're in a horrible world. And again, not perfect, but yeah, go there. Our weekend, our weekend is pretty amazing. Um, what we do and providing for those families and those kids to have an experience, a safe experience. And like I said, it's not perfect. We are a free event. So uh, you've been walking through the mm-hmm. carnival at, on a Friday night at 10 o'clock at night. And, yeah. and I always tell people this, I always, people will tell me they're like, Oh, I don't go down there because there's so much drugs and this and stuff no, down there and bad wrong. people. And I go, you know what? That's your community. Those people that are homeless, those people that are maybe on drugs, those people that are doing making bad choices, they live here and they're part of your community. If you don't like seeing that, what are you doing to help those people not be on meth? What are you doing to help them not be homeless? What are you doing to help them raise their kids better? Because sit there and say, I don't go to, uh, what they call it, dirt nick. I don't yeah. go to dirt nick because it's just the lowest class of people down there. And I go, well, that's your community, by the way. We live in a very non-mill town anymore it's mm-hmm. basically the servers and the rich people that's what it, what it is and a whole bunch of us that kind of work in the middle and basically i have people tell me I, i've never gone to dirt nick because it's just a, such a horrible class of people and i go then you don't get it because that is grants pass yeah those are the those are the businesses the people that are from here that are giving their money and their time so that we can have an event in our community that's basically safe and basically a reasonably priced thing for families to do to come out and celebrate the weekend. I'm glad you brought that up because that puts a whole different perspective. You know, it's a whole different perspective when you look at it that way. Well, I mean, we, we have some great partners that, you know, let's just take the carnival in itself. Pat and Geraldine Davis, Davis shows carnival has been an active partner with, with the active club for, for many, many years. Now you go back to the eighties when JJ and I were running around on our bicycles and going down and watching the river and, 
you know, maybe getting on a ride if we could afford it back then. But these Pat and Geraldine run such a clean show. And yes, you are going to get a bad element. Everybody, I mean, it, it's a stigmatism that's already there that carnivals bring in carnies. And carnies are bad people. Carnies are not bad people. Carnies are just like us that just happen to travel around. They live in trailers. They travel. They make great money. They do very well for themselves. They just maybe not take a shower every day. You know, there's that. And they have made it affordable for any, you know, for our, I think our ticket price for for uh, an all-day ride pass is way below than any other carnival or fair that's out there. Yeah, try, we, going, try going to Disneyland these days. Oh, God. I, I Shoot. I, I don't even know if I want to afford Disneyland. But, it, you know, they try to make it as best they possibly can with them making a profit to be able to keep making, you know, business costs money. Mm-hmm. And that's why some things are a little, you know, the cost of things. But I will put this out here. We do give away a lot of free armbands that Pat and Geraldine give to us. Unlimited. We, they've never told us no. No. If we said it, we have... 300 kids that are in shelters right now at the women's shelter, they give us Done. 300 passes. We need We have a school that's given out incentives for kids for attendance. We need 50 passes. They give them to us. Done. I mean, they, we, if you, we have, we find out about families that don't have the money to bring their kids to boat, Nick, somebody reaches out to us, we get them tickets. So, I mean, that's yeah. the great thing about the active club is that we never say no to anybody. I mean, if they ask us for something, we will find some way to get them what they need or, some type of replacement for the best thing we can get close to that. So that's right. the cool part about the active club. A lot of times it's not writing checks. It's just like, okay, what do you need? Okay. Who do we know? And we all call each other. We start, start the magic texting. Jason's always been great about, Hey, I've got this family needs a special bed, needs a special this. It goes out. And within a few hours we're getting, you know, checks or we're getting donations. We're getting the, the mattresses given out, the wheelchairs given out. So it's just a super cool thing. We're there for any child in need. And we vet, I mean, everybody's going to try to get over on somebody at some point point in their life. So we, our vetting system is, is really, really good to make sure that they are not taking advantage of us because anybody who takes advantage of us takes away from a kid that, that really needs it. Mm-hmm. So we got 40 guys that are going, yeah, that's not right. And I don't think anybody in the club's not afraid to stand up and go, that's not right. That's right. That's wrong. And, um, that's the great thing about the the club members of doing that. So, no, any kid in need, we're going to help out. Plain and simple. That's just you know our our motto for the club is you know we you know no man stands as you know stands as tall as to till he kneels down to help a child, and that's what we believe in, and that's what is in our hearts. Well, I think it says a lot that you guys are what forty plus members, and you were down around sixteen or seventeen there for a while, and a oh, lot yeah. of a lot of these clubs and. Uh, the you know Elks Lodge and Moose Lodge and all these different organizations have all but whittled away you know and uh, for you guys to be growing and heading in the other direction that's good I mean that's a good thing it's because gotta... we're fun and cool <laughs> yeah we, and we don't have a well you're a, fun unlike <laughs> other clubs you know they sometimes they have like a fancy club space or they got a building or they got a restaurant uh, we <laughs> we still meet in a storage unit I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the funny thing our club room is about two of your garages. <laughs> And it's half full of all the supplies and the stuff we have from like fences to just uh, barricades. <laughs> and then it's got three or four of these folding tables <laughs> and about 20 folding tables and two beer fridges. And that, that's the magic of the active club. And I mean, our biggest expenses are our, t- our golf shirts and our hats. Yeah. And other than that, every dime 
Um, and we goes, get fined out of our nose for buying yeah. those. You know, yeah. you know, we, we have an X fund, so that's yeah. how we actually pay for all of our beer. Yeah, so people, fines. people are wondering, okay, these guys just said they buy beer. Yeah, we do. It's called the X fund, and you have anything you say stupid, which we say a lot of, is <laughs> we, an we raise a lot fund. of money. Every yeah, day. so we've got an activator that's going around and raising about a thousand dollars a meeting, and it goes in the X fund, and that way we can, uh, you know, have nice shirts and hats and. We have uh, some gatherings a couple times a year for our families and our friends. And it so, covers a lot of our overhead for the club, which we don't have a lot of overhead. But, not you know, at all. You know, those, those spaces aren't for free, and, and we don't want to take away from a kid. So, you know, it, every time I walk in the door, it costs me five bucks automatically. And I, I personally spend about 20 to $40 a meeting, you know, because I say a lot of, I say a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, so. And I make JJ and Jason say a lot of stupid shit, like your mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you haven't been fined yet today, so no, no, no. That that that'll happen later on. It's all good. Yeah, so it's uh it's gonna be um, a good summer. Hopefully, that we're gonna get back on track, and the Act Club's gonna have an event at some point. Um, I don't want to say it's a guaranteed, but we do want to have some kind of event, even if it doesn't make us any money, just to get uh, the community together yeah. and let them know that we're uh, we understand that we have to get out and and get behind something. Whether it's a, a Labor Day race or you know Fourth uh, July ceremony, you know Travis has got that racing opening up with a bunch of racing going. I want to support him because he's going to hire a bunch of people and yeah. get them jobs. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing for our community. So I hope that he's open, able to open up his thing pretty soon here, and we want to support that. So, but guarantee we will have Boat Nick twenty twenty one. I mean, there there's there's zero chance it's not going to happen because it just needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, Jason. Jason, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Where's, where's, where's the wood? wood does, does court count as wood? <laughs> like zero well, percent. Yeah, really? yeah. You hit the head. I would no, have. Ne- I, mean, I would have never thought that would have canceled this. That's year. true. I mean, that's you would. True. You would have asked me when we first stepped away from school for a week in March, and they said we're gonna have a three week spring break. I was like, man, this ain't gonna go much farther. When they canceled school the rest of the year, I was like, well, this is getting cray cray. And then all of a sudden, all the restaurants closed and everything closed, and I was like, I. You, like I said, we've never been through this time. I, I never thought our country would be absolutely shut down because of the flu, you know, and that's, it's what it is. It's the flu. And and so people are going to say, I'm an asshole for saying that, but it is just a really, really bad version of the flu. It's not, there's no zombies, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> that's it. No, people, no, we'd have something yeah, if we, we thought, had zombies. We, we thought we were going to have to deal with zombies at yeah. some point. Yeah. We didn't, we, I mean, you know, we got <laughs> shut down for something else. Yeah. You would you, you know, would the, think it was zombies that we were locking ourselves in our houses right you now. You know, and the, and the cool thing yesterday was a was a huge achievement for the for the United States, surrounded by a bunch of bullshit. But you know, first time that we went into space in eleven years mm-hmm. off U.S. soil, it was amazing. I sat there and watched it, like, man, I feel like an American. That's awesome. And then, okay, we're all done with that. Let's go to Washington D.C. and watch them burn it down. Like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So thank God for SpaceX and Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, uh, we're uh, just over an hour. Holy I don't want to keep you guys too long. So let me ask you this. I want to ask you guys each individually, favorite memory being involved in the active club? Just <laughs> So I guess I'm going first. Yeah, you got two microphones now. Actually, my most favorite memory is the skits that we do. <laughs> One in particular was 2011. It just came across my my Facebook feed. I shared that. You did, you did. And we did, uh, the three of us and Gary Wallace did a Blue Man group. And uh, it was pretty amazing. Garen had made the 
the uh, tube of music, whatever, whatever that thing it was. was, and it, it was fully adjustable, <laughs> and, and it actually worked. We were amazed. So he, he just looked it up online and went home and whipped out a PVC music machine. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. We, did, we had so much fun. They, th- they actually thought we were doing it. Which I thought was yeah, great. Yeah, we did do it. We did do it. Yeah. 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 Thanks to your drum, drumming skills. I just happened to be a drummer, so that worked out really well. Oh, really? Yeah. Was there paint and everything flying? I know you guys were Oh, we, we, we had, we had, yeah. You, we didn't do the, the, the paint flying thing. Oh, okay. But we, it, was a, it was a short skit. But, gotcha. And it turned bad fast. But uh, It did? In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to pass the mic. I'm going to give it back to JJ, and that can go back that way. But I don't know. I mean, there we go, screwing with stuff again. Um, I got. I got to say, the skits are so much fun that that we've been doing. I've done a lot of crazy shit yeah. during the skits. I mean, I'm known for, you know, wearing less clothes than I started the building going in with, and due to the type of skit that we're doing, or, or uh, I mean, we've done a lot of. We've made some really cool video. I think the videos that uh, Christopher Rosetta uh, helped us. Uh, I mean, basically produced them and, and edited them. And we, so, I mean, I, we're the only ones that are going to see those videos and our sponsors. I mean, we make those videos for a sponsor. But I would say my favorite thing about Boatnik Club, period, is the brothership. You know, um, the the people the people involved with, with that, but the, I, I don't think I would want to be involved with any other group other than than these guys because of that's what makes it fun, being being around these two knotheads and the other <laughs> the other knotheads and we and we I, I believe that we've created a a very good solid family friendship that we spend a lot of time together now versus when I first got in the club it was like okay we got a meeting on Thursday and no one talked to each other for a month then we got another meeting and then okay boat next over see you in September. Now it's, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Hey, we're going to the lake, or we're going, we're going down to eat dinner together, or we're getting together and and having a bonfire, or having a fire at uh, at someone's house, and we're gonna, you know, you bring some chicken and you bring some chips, you know that that bond that we have in the club is is my favorite thing of being part of the club. That was beautiful. Can you say it now with less chins? <laughs> oh, yeah. Freaking Chris. <laughs> that was funny. That was that, that was a good skit. That was a good skit. And it still has played every single year. Every single and that year. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. It was great. No, 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 no. That was my my presence. Your presence here. Yeah. So so JJ was a two-year. I was one year I was JJ's vice president. And he was the very one, the very first, second, second person in the whole club to ever hold a two-year reign as a president. And um, I became a vice president to JJ on his second year, which I'm telling you, being JJ's vice president was a lot of work. It was <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of work keeping this squirrel in line. And then, um, and that was a year vice. You were president 2011 and 12. Yeah, I was. No, 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 no. I was. I was, I was 14, 15, you were 12, 12 and 13. Okay. Yeah, something like that. But we had four years together that uh, that we got a lot of cool stuff done and turned the club. I mean, we had a lot of fun. And uh, But, yeah, that was – I'll say it next time with Wes Chins. That'd be good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
Well, my favorite, there's a couple of memories I have fun. One is just knocking myself out because I'm so busy doing things. I'll knock <laughs> myself great. out and get stitches during boat, Nick. But they actually, the, the best memory obviously is, uh, we had high water at a, uh, fireworks show on a Friday night. Oh God. And, uh, back in the day we had a firework barge that was just a custom made <laughs> rebar barge, uh, with 50, 50 gallon drum barrels as flotation devices. And so the river was super high. It was brown water. There was actually compression swells going down. And we said, well, the show must go on. And so we uh, got the Hellgate boat out there and we pulled the barge out. And within about 30 seconds, we realized that the barge was not going to stay afloat. And so uh, it was like Dandy Young and Russ Wright, right? And they go, you guys want to have a fireworks show? And the crowd's like going, yeah. And all of a sudden, somebody yells on the boat, we're going to launch them. Okay, start the show. No, we're going to launch them all. And we just went, this took his little uh, his metal Whatever rod, rod and it went, and the whole show went up in like 15 seconds. And then right then the barge kind of submerged, <laughs> a couple boxes of fireworks didn't light off, went down the river. And then and Dan the young restaurant goes, how was that? That's our show. <laughs> that Thank was, you. Come again. <laughs> that's good night. That was it, you know, and. And it was just, it was just a big whiteout. There was a, you know, a 30 minute fireworks show went off in about 15 seconds. And then of course the news media was there trying to ask us about our, our um, random boxes of fireworks that floated down river and all were recovered. All were recovered. Just like our golf balls. They're all recovered. All recovered. Oh, absolutely. All, all the golf you balls don't want to put the fish in danger. Nope. Yes. No, uh, not at yeah. all. That was, that was great when the, I've got the letters from the, uh, fly fishermen's association about how they're going to shut us down because of the, the, uh, what we were doing, putting golf balls in the river. And, and so we had our golf ball recovery team. We started numbering the golf balls and we're like, yeah, we keep track of all of them. We cover them all. And, and then Vince, Vince here wrote a letter and said, you know, saying, do you guys use like things called fishing line? And they're like, yeah. And, and hooks. Yeah. And weights. Yeah. Well, I've been rafting and I've caught my raft <laughs> multiple times on fishing line, fishing hooks and weights. Uh. I've seen birds and ducks wrapped up in fishing line. I've never been hurt by a golf ball down river and I've never seen an animal hurt by a golf ball down river. So they got off of our case, but that was, we all have some pretty cool golf shirts. The, the, uh, golf ball dive recovery. team, the golf yeah. ball recovery team, the Navy seal golf ball recovery team. We used to wear those shirts during the golf shootout as kind of a, in your face to the, um, steelhead association that tried to shut us down. We do the best we possibly can with what we got to work with. <laughs> That's right. And, and we all do a great job at doing what we do. Yeah. No one's dying on our watch. Nope. We do do a good event, and it's a bunch of uh, just good old boys making a bunch of money for kids and having fun doing it. Nothing wrong with that no. at all. No, it's a good party. Well, what do you guys think? Should we wrap it up? Sounds good. Unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about. No, it's fun going down memory lane a little bit yeah. and talking about stuff. We can't talk about the stuff that we want to talk about yeah yeah well no. you could yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i'm not stopping you <laughs> i mean beavergate is beavergate you know for a reason so we still don't know what happened yeah allegedly allegedly allegedly, allegedly <laughs> beavers gosh dang we should we should mount and find that beaver yeah so we're, we're saying there's some stuff that disappeared in the park that we have no idea what happened yeah, to. Yeah, of course not. It just yeah. it, was it was awesome a, to get out of the way of our venue so yeah. we could see the yeah. river. So you could so, see the river. So yeah. thank, thank you to that beaver. The crazy part is I think the beavers thought that after the tree had been cut down by the beavers, that they the beaver had pulled the and, tree far enough into the river yeah. that the river would take the, the tree evidence 
or just the tree, excuse me, the tree <laughs> down river. And then the next day, the city called the club and we didn't know <laughs> clue was going on. And they're like, hey, why are these three trees sitting here in front of the park in the river? And we're like, well, what are you talking about? And I, I, I will I will interject that they weren't like tree trees. They were like not even seedlings. They were bushes that bushes. that a beaver that, could chew through. Obviously, uh, yeah, 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 that, that yeah. were not even, and they weren't even native to Oregon for God's sake. Yeah, so so you know, I'm just saying that it was it was crazy how that happened. Because, it was because yeah. we were complaining about how they're blocking the view of the sponsors tower and the and the announcers tower, and then random Oregon State beavers went down there and. <laughs> made those trees go away. Ten years, it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. We did plant those those trees. We did. It was we nice. Did. We, do, we donated our time and our, our resources, because the kind of guys we are, to plant and replace those trees. Uh, trees that actually would grow in Oregon. Yes. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Good. They also We're, got those down like five years later. Yeah, well. <laughs> they got your trees down? <laughs> they might have. Or did the beaver? <laughs> yeah, they got too big. <laughs> we care about our sponsors. Bo Nick would not happen without our sponsors. Absolutely. We love our sponsors. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming over. Jason, you're the best. Jason fun. Wilkins, who didn't really say a whole lot, but you look like you're just enjoying yourself over there. Garen Beck and uh, JJ DeForest. Gentlemen, thanks for coming over. I think this was episode 34. And uh, I was trying to look. Garen, what episode were you on by yourself? Was it 26, maybe? No, it was like 32. No, it was, it was 26. I've done really? a few since then, yeah. Wow, good for you. Um, so there you go. Guys, thanks again. Thanks for all your hard work. Thanks, thanks for, for having helping us. out the kids. Thanks. And uh, keep up the good work. Cheers. Always. All right, there you go. You can find it at uh, garagetalkpodcast.com on any other major platform. So check it out and uh, rate and review the podcast. We'll be back in the garage again soon.